Hirotsukino, Sikkin Cave System, Nazca Desert, Southern Peru, four years ago. Hiro hadn't understood why Priest had required them all to wear such clumsy outfits. They were modified versions of the heavy rubber and canvas rigs worn by firefighters, and included thick gloves, boots, and helmets with clear plastic visors. Emergency oxygen bottles were clipped to their backs, though Priest said they probably wouldn't need them. The Peruvian sun was blistering hot, despite the deep cold of the previous night. Deserts were like that, willing to torture and kill with extremes of temperature. The walk from where they'd parked their vehicle to this forgotten weed-choked gully was filled with dangers, too, as if the landscape and the atmosphere were accomplices in premeditated murder. Without equipment, Hito did not believe he could last more than a day out here. If the weather and terrain didn't kill him, the scorpions, spiders, biting lizards, and poisonous plants would. How in hell the sickened people ever thrived here for over six hundred years was a mystery. A bunch of masochists was the best Hito could determine. Luckily, Mr. Priest had left nothing to chance, though, and outfitted them, as always, in the most advanced gear, over-preparing so that there was no risk of ever being caught off guard with a need and no solution. Hidor appreciated that even if he didn't like having to test the boundaries of those preparations this often. Since joining Priest's little team of oddballs, the urban explorer had found himself in several extreme locations. And not extreme in a fun way. Not like snowboarding down a sheer mountain or base jumping off a skyscraper in Dubai. But no, Priest dragged the team to the ass end of the world. Different ass ends, mused Hito if the metaphor would stretch that far. This place was a classic. They couldn't bring the truck closer than three miles. There was a road, but an earthquake thirty years ago had ripped it apart. And since it went from nowhere to nowhere, no one had seen fit to fix it. The team had to climb over boulders that had been thrust up by the seismic forces. And twice, Hiro had to rig lines so that they could shimmy across deep chasms. It took hours to go those few miles. During one of their many necessary breaks, Hiro took Kepler aside. This is nuts, he said quietly. The nuclear scientist took a moment before replying. It's no crazier than any of the last three jobs. No, he said, I don't mean that part. Though I wish Priest had told us more than we have to fetch a book. That's mostly what we've been doing, she said, except for Poliski. They shared a smile about that. Each of them had been allowed to pry some of the massive jewels out of the god machine. Those jewels were being treated now to remove as much radiation as possible, using a technique developed by one of Kepler's many uncles. The uncle was in for a hefty cut, of course, but there was plenty to go around. Sadly, the jewels could not be sold in their current form, even though they would be worth much more that way. But the Soviets had laser-cut ID tags into them, and once the cutters in Antwerp got the booty, they'd have to cut those sections out. Currently, Priest's organization was overseeing that process, and the stones, in whole or part, would not be formally released to the team members until the whole mission was done. It was a three-year commitment, 
but the payday at the end had a mind-numbing number of zeros at the end of it.